It looks like the clock is about to strike midnight on this Cinderella story. It's uh, refreshing, yet uh, displeasing to the eye. Somebody has run out on the field. Some goofball in a hat and a red shirt. Now he takes off the shirt. It's a bold strategy, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. In the dying seconds! Unbelievable! They wouldn't say die! That just shows that they didn't come to play. They really come to play here at the MCG tonight. Hello and welcome to a very special grand final edition of They Came to Play. We started recording this podcast 56 years ago and that whole time it was meant to be an ode to the Melbourne Football Club and their ongoing success, Uh, but it has taken that long for them to win another premiership, but they've done it. It's unbelievable at the expense of the Western Bulldogs. So first I need to check in with my co-host, Danny McGinley. How are you, mate? Are you, you've clearly survived the weekend, but how's your, uh, how's your, how's your mental health? How's your Not physical great. health? How's Fine. your alcoholic health? Not great. <laughs> oh, do you want more than one word answers? You're not going to get them today, yeah, mate. Yeah. Oh, nah. I'm like Roy Kent on uh, on Scoreboard Saturday. I am just now. Nah, <laughs> you're getting nothing, man. Do you, the the reason? Oh, yeah, just bring Titus on. Okay, to- and so, and we've got. Well, at least there's one winner on the show, Titus O'Reilly. Yay! <laughs> you beauty. Yeah, uh, I, I got to say, I I do feel for Danny because I've been through two of these. Uh, before on the other side, and if you'd seen me at sort of half time early in that third quarter, <laughs> the, the the pain is immense. You know, there's I I never get too uppity about winning any game because you know what it's like to be on the front <laughs> side. You don't want to you don't want to hoist yourself up too high because the fall is pretty bad. Yes, yeah. we'll get to the sort of nuts and bolts of the game soon, but Titus. Given the joy that you've clearly felt over the last 48 hours, is there any, are there parts of you that are glad you didn't win in 88 and 2000 because it's increased the joy that you felt this weekend? Well, I, I don't, I, you don't know because I've got nothing to compare it to. I'm not, I'm not like you, Limo, who wins when, you know, Every much 20 minutes. More. Yeah, every, every <laughs> few minutes, every time you wake up. But I think there's some things about it being, I think there's a sense of disbelief for me. Um, in yeah. that, and I've spoken to so many D supporters over the years and, and, and all of them again over the last 24 hours. There's just, we really thought, and Danny probably felt the same given their drought. We really thought that this is something that would never happen. Yeah, you know yeah. this wasn't like you know like there's other teams that sort of you know they're thereabouts every now and then they get back you know they but we were just so far off it and I genuinely many times in my life thought this this would never happen to me. Um, you would have had I, the thought last night, Titus. If if you're if you're going through the same emotions I went through five years ago, you would have had the thought around about nine o'clock last night of well now what do I think about at night. <laughs> Now what well, do I dream yeah. of? Also, I, I watch, I've had the replay just on, you know, as you do on just loop, like, you know, and I've been amazed a few times watching even the replay and you zero in on a moment and getting really emotional 
you know, even though it's the ninth time you're watching something. What for you, Titus, is the moment of the oh, grand God, final? I'm taking my headphones out. <laughs> the, the the moment for me, I mean, there's no doubt there's there's a there's a moment where the game switched in that you know, it really Bont kicked that goal in twelve minutes to go. And yeah. I really thought that was you know, the the nail in the coffin almost for the Ds, you know, and it was sort of symbolic as well. And then for them to, you know, for that to be sort of the last shot in anger they fired. But there's it then starts to turn around. But the the minute, there's a minute of football in this game. And it's the <laughs> Just last... Just give me the hand signal when he's done, Lima. Yeah. It's, this, is, yeah. this is actually not yeah. very good for my mental health. I so. want to go I through want, this. For the pod. Daddy, I want, I want to go this. through this in great Lima, just wave at the camera when you're done. I'm it's, genuinely taking these out. This is not good for me. I'm going to talk about one minute of football and take 50 minutes to talk to describe it. No, but there's... You could take 50 minutes to talk about that minute. I couldn't yeah. believe what I was saying. Well, the thing is, in uh, where that Bont goal happens and then Caleb Daniel uh, tries to murder Max Gorn outside the boundary. Yes. Uh, yeah. And then you have... And Danny really has taken out his head. He has. He's not, not listening. Um, see, now we can pay out Danny about <laughs> spitting the dummy and being a, uh, being a sore loser. So, and, he and he can't hear us. So when it, when that happened and then it, there is no sign that anything's going to change. You know, no, Normally a side might have stopped the bleeding, started to win stoppages, yeah. Yeah. all that sort of stuff. I've watched his replay a lot. There is no sign that things are going to change. And then suddenly it's completely different. It's like night and day. It's like, and then the, but then we're still, when Melbourne got a bit, it, they got it back on basically even terms. And there's, they, I think their goal up and there's a minute to go to three quarter time. And in that minute, you know, they, they pack on four goals. I mean, it's just, is there a better minute in grand final history? You, you know, it's a strong argument that that's it, the most brutal minute you've seen. Is it four goals? Is it four goals in a minute? It was it three? I think it's four just before and then three. So you got Petrarca kicks one on the yeah. No, no, it's, there's four. Petrarca kicks one from the boundary. Yeah. Petrarca then gets the ball out of the mill, kicks it to Brown. Brown yes. goes back and kicks it. In uh, Oliver. No, then it's Petrarca to Oliver to Swallow. Uh, yes. Swallow kicks it. And then with like 15 seconds to go, it's then to Oliver and Oliver streams in. So four in a minute. It, it is. I mean, it's, it's, it's like I was saying to someone, it was like all my nightmares were coming true and then suddenly all my dreams came true. Because <laughs> even I, Danny, Daddy, Daddy's okay. coming back in now. All right, all right. There was I a- hope you guys didn't say anything. I hope you didn't swear. I hope there was no technical difficulties because when I go to produce this later, I'm not listening to that bit. I'm not editing anything out. If you're cancelled, it's your own fault. There was a lot of racism coming from Lino yeah. and I said well, a few sexist things. But apart from that, it was really, you know. Oh, thank God we were, everyone was on brand. We did, we did call you a sore loser at one point, Danny. Well, <laughs> yes, I am the loser and I am very sore right now. <laughs> Lima, how would you feel 2012 if we were doing this podcast and we got yeah. on Adam Spencer to, you know, to just really go through minute by minute all of the moments of that grand final? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I will say this though: I get f- football cr- creates a massive fire in my belly, 
And I say and do things sometimes during games that I definitely regret later on. Like I'm a bit of a loose cannon during football games. But I've got to say, I become level-headed fairly quickly afterwards. Yeah. Like a couple of hours afterwards, I'm, I, I'm fine. Like it's, but during games, I absolutely lose my mind. But oh, my turn rate is quite quick. During, the thing that, no, one, I wish people had told me how good winning a premiership is because we would have done this a lot earlier. But also, <laughs> it's, uh, I'd forgotten just how horrible it is to watch a grand final. When it's tight or you're not doing well, there's not. It's not fun. The actual grand final. I mean, it was fun for me in the last quarter, but up until that point, <laughs> and I, you know, it's the the two people, the two teams involved, their fans do not enjoy the actual grand final that much. It's it is hard to enjoy unless <clears throat> unless it's a unless belting, it, unless it's a blowout. But I thought, and this is what I was getting to, to be, when you guys with when Danny, when you guys with three goals up and nineteen points, whatever it was. And Caleb Daniel dumped Max Gorn and was kind of stood over. Yes. Yep. I thought that was a really – in my mind, I thought, oh, this is going to end up being a really symbolic moment. Yeah. And I also – part of me And it was because was, that's when Jackson went into the ruck and started their 16-goal run <laughs> because Gorn had been monstered by, by a small fella. And well, uh, Danny's right in that I thought it would be – I, even when I went back and watched it, you know, there, there could you could make a narrative which I think is wrong that the D's fired up after seeing Gorn go down. And I didn't think Caleb did anything actually. Even at the time, I said this. I said he kind of slung him and then let him go. And Max sort of then being lanky and big fell awkwardly. So I didn't feel like it was he. He didn't dive. That's what I'm hearing, Lemo. Dived. Max well, Gorn dived. Either way, I don't. I think it was a combination of the swing and Max just landing awkwardly. But watching even in the replay, that wasn't the moment that the D's all suddenly fired up. It wasn't like they just suddenly went, right, That's we're not putting up with that. They didn't. You know, you watch it, they didn't. It's what Danny says, Luke Jackson then has to go into the ruck. And this is where I think Melbourne are different this year. Is you think about it, Gorn's their captain, best ruck in the league, in the competition, arguably. And when the game is right in the balance and we're behind, he realises Luke Jackson is having a bigger impact and says, and it was Gorm that said it, says, you stay in the ruck. Yeah. I'm not going into the ruck. Yeah, right. you. Now, that's pretty – they're not talking about that. Like, for a captain and a leader to go, I'll play second fiddle because I'm not yeah. playing as well as you, that's and- rare. You know, that's pretty rare. And he was uh, he was unbelievable. Jackson, so what was uh, – let's talk about the moments <clears throat> we thought the game was over. Titus, when did you relax and go, I reckon it's we've got it won now? Oh, there's a bit in the fourth quarter where Alex Neil Bullen goes back and kicks a goal, and by that point it goes – I can't remember the exact amount, but it's like 40-plus, 50-plus sort of thing, and it was just obvious. That was the moment I fully was like – I mean, b- before that point I'd started to think – we're, we're probably going to win this. But at that point, I was like, that's it. That's, that's it. That's done. I, for me, see, it happens earlier as a neutral. Yeah, neutral's yeah, totally. way earlier. Oh, see, and I, I turned it off well before that. When Petrarca... turned it off. I turned it... Well, my son was crying. <laughs> oh, that's so bad. My son no. was crying, and then that made me cry. Uh, and I, by the way, I've, I'd never seen my father cry. And although yeah. this is a very not healthy male thing, I was like, try not to cry in front of your son. That's yeah. not, you know, that. But then we... 
held each other and bawled openly <laughs> as I put him to bed. It was just, so, he just kept saying, it's so disappointing, Dad. It's so so, so while, disappointing. It's a, while it's a premiership loss, it's, it's a win for a fight against uh, an outmoded... Toxic masculinity, uh, toxic yeah. Toxic masculinity yeah. model. Yeah. So, so there's some benefits here. And, and in a week where we saw more toxic masculinity on the news than we have in years, <laughs> I think it's a nice little postscript to the week. Limo, for, the I mean, last time, and for the last time, Lima, an earthquake is not toxic masculinity. <laughs> it's a natural <laughs> phenomena. You can't keep playing that card. <laughs> I'm saying it's toxic masculinity. So for me, it was when Petrarca kicked that uh, goal along the ground. That was the moment where I went because it was one of those little things where you go, "Ah, oh, this is just that night." I that, saw that man. Went everything went their way, even when we were winning. Like every fifty-fifty sliding doors moment was just going. And I thought this was going to be such an amazing story that we fought against all those unlucky bounces and and not calls by the umpire and things like that. It was. I just thought, and you know, that went with the narrative of. None of the news talking about us. It was all just demons, demons, demons. Oh, what a fairy tale. Yeah, piss off. And I just thought this is going to be so sweet when we did get this. And then, uh, yeah, anyway. So you've taken it well, Danny? Justin Tucker, what a great <laughs> kick by to win the game for the Baltimore Ravens today. Uh, I mean, it's just it's the longest field goal to win a game in, in National Football League history. I did I did see that. It was a great kick. Uh, as opposed to the kicking from the Bulldogs, I thought your skills were shithouse, Danny. No, see, and just I mean, his name's know. Justin Tucker. I mean, he's just a guy who'll go down in history of, of National Football League and Baltimore Ravens. Your, your skills are normally excellent and you were just missing targets. You were not – it was – I thought you were a little bit there – there were nerves out there. How's Jamal Agnew? I mean, this guy used to play for Detroit Lions. Now he's at the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's a defender. They tr they attempt to kick a, a long field goal. It falls like a centimetre short. He catches it, runs the whole length of the field for a touchdown. I mean, this is what an amazing day in American I football. Danny McGinley has drifted into some form of psychosis fed by the extended lockdown and the loss of his football team. Yeah. Oh, actually, do you know why? Do you know what else made me cry apart from my son crying? And genuinely, my main emotion was anger. Like it was that primal anger. As soon as my son was crying, I was like, you know, that inner just rage demon you have if anyone goes near your kid. Oh yes, like, yeah, mother yeah. bear thing. That was just how dare you do that. But then, say so the grand final has been such a great distraction for me from the fact that I can't work. Uh, you know, there's just so much instability going on. I can't see my friends. There's, mm. The world seems to be falling apart. And in that moment, I had to not only accept the loss of my team and an absolutely <laughs> pathetic display, all of those other problems went, by the way, here we are, you have to deal with us now. <laughs> this is, uh, I mean, for the most part, this has been a comedy pod over the last few years, but it is a, it is a therapy pod today. This and is like the, the episodes of, of American sitcoms where they, they deal with, you know, AIDS. It's like a very special blossom or Degrassi Junior High here. I'm trying to think of the episode of, uh, what was the episode from Ted Lasso this season that got all... Oh, man, well, just the one on Friday night where he's talking about his father's oh, suicide. The, fin the finale was quite serious. I'm not sure yeah. how I felt about the finale. Are you, a are you a Ted Lasso fan, Titus? He's the one. Yeah. Uh, he got me into it. Ted, yeah, the reason we started on. promoting it is because Titus told me about it. 
have have you seen the finale of season two? Oh, dude, that's not the finale. There's still that's two more the finale. episodes. The funeral episode's not the finale. Oh. There's more. I, another one this Friday. Oh, because I is the one this Friday, the finale? No, yeah, I think there's one after that. The season. They made them have te- two. They asked them for two more episodes, so they did that Coach Beard weird one. Night on the other mind. And they did the Christmas one. The Christmas one was the other one. Yeah. So, yeah, so that's uh, – but anyway, we're not here to talk Ted Lasso. Yeah, we uh, are. Yes, we are. <laughs> we're here to talk about, hey, how about Manchester City knocking off uh, at Chelsea, Danny, Limo? Danny, I'm going to ban these distractions now. We know we're here to talk about the grand final. Why? A lot of non-Bulldogs fans. This is just torture. Yes, well, take your earphones out and let me talk to Titus. All right, then. actually, can I can I be done? Can you – I'll tell you what, let's just finish the epi- – I'll, I'll leave the episode – you guys wrap it up. Text me when you're done. <laughs> All right. Take them off. All right. We're going to talk about the game. Next week. I'll come say goodbye at the end, but I want okay. yeah, everyone can enjoy Titus and Lemo's excellent we'll, adventure. We'll give you 15 minutes of joy. I'm going to go Melbourne, play PlayStation. For Melbourne fans. <laughs> you know what? You know what, Titus? I was down at the park <laughs> yesterday and today, and yeah. it did genuinely... We got rid of Sad Sack McGinn late now. <laughs> it genuinely brought me joy just seeing all the Melbourne, the scarves and the jumpers. And it, it really, I felt happy for Melbourne in a really, in a in a very real way. It was just. Oh, it, it's, a, it's a, I mean, because I was there for, it's amazing when you, you know, you, you, you see other ones. And because of my work, I get in, often and performing at grand finals. And so yeah. then you get to stay and watch them, and very lucky for that. So, but I've seen the Swans break their drought. I saw the Bulldogs break their drought. Yeah. I saw Richmond break their drought. I saw Geelong break their drought. And so I've seen up close, without experiencing it, this you, you know this amazing outpouring and all these things. And I, I felt I felt a bit like. Now St Kilda fans can feel like this. I felt a bit like at high school where you're the last guy to kiss a girl. Yeah. Everyone else has done it. Like yeah, you've yeah. heard it's great, you've seen it. But and so I was just genuinely like just it's just been amazing. But it it it's just the messages and the phone calls and the outpouring yeah. of support's just you know, there, there's nothing better in sport really than a long drought broken. You do feel for a team that's been through the absolute ringer and their fans. Indeed. What's been your what's the favourite message you've received? Uh, I had I had a bit of a I had a few texts with uh, Peter Jackson who came in and was turned the club around as CEO. Oh yeah, great. Uh, Brad Green and I text. Yes, we had, yeah. Um, but then just a lot of just people I don't even know, you know, that's the sort of the weirder ones, like people yeah. I don't even know just reaching and going, I'm not a Demon supporter, but I was just so happy for you. So you just sort of. <laughs> it's nice. I, I text, I think most of the I moment, should say your text was actually my favourite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, I think from memory just said, <laughs> well done, that's amazing, or something <laughs> fairly dull like that. But I text most of the Melbourne fans I know. and. Yeah. Probably the best response I got was from Friendy from Puppetry of the Penis. Yes. 
I don't know if if you know Friendy. I don't know him. Per- I, I'm not. I'm not. I, I know he's. I know him by his work. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> he he is as passionate a Melbourne fan as you can get. And right. I mean, he has described to me in detail sitting out at Waverley and hiding under his seat when Gary Buchanara kicked that goal after the siren. Yeah. Nineteen eighty-seven. Um. You know, and he's gone through so much pain over the years. I interviewed him on radio two years ago, and he was as despondent as I've ever heard a fan. Yeah. He was like, I don't even go to games anymore. I don't even look up the score. It just depresses me now. He said his mum has stopped going to games, and she saw their last premiership in 64. Yeah. And this was two years ago, and it just made me so happy for him. that they, Anyway, he sent me all these photos. From, and he was at home with his mum, and he's got the Melbourne. He's got a jukebox, like a proper old school jukebox at home. Yeah. And the Melbourne song is on the jukebox, so he sent me a video of him putting the song on the jukebox. It was just, it was bloody joyous. It's just, it's just. I mean, winning a grand final. I mean, it's, it's amazing. I saw some interesting debate on Twitter. I think Jane Caro put up this tweet about, oh yeah, how sport sucks basically, and art is better. I'm paraphrasing badly. Yeah, like, I it didn't exactly I, mean it like that, but it it it, it did read like that. And, that is how it read. Yeah, and I, and it made me think about all this and sports. The things people who aren't sports fans don't get is we know it's nonsense. That's the joy in it. There's the the fact that footy is one thing in your life that it doesn't. It's not losing a job. It's not losing a lot. It's it is something that, but like art, it only has meaning because we all prescribe it meaning. It's a com- it's a complete construct. Yeah, and and it means something though because we all decide it means something. Which is yeah. when you think about it, that's what money is. That's what half of hum- most of hum- <laughs> religion, like most of money, most of um humanity is that. And the thing about a win yeah. and a grand final is. The amount of outpouring of like people who don't even barrack for your team who reach out to you. I mean, I was talking to someone just before this. Uh, I was talking to Rob Sitch. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this, but he was saying he's getting messages from people he hasn't spoken to in years, like people he likes, like you know, and it's reconnecting yeah. them, you know, and it's and that's why it's a wonderful thing, and it's just a feeling like nothing else. But it's the community and the everything coming in around it. It's just absolutely amazing, and that's what people who. Just say, oh, it's only sport or I don't like sport. It's uh, it's like bragging about being naive to me. Yeah, I, I know. And also it's like saying, well, I don't like musical theatre. But then you, it's another, like, which I don't particularly, it's not my thing. But do I turn around and go, it's therefore worthless? I yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that get a lot of enjoyment and have the same community and all that through. So good on them. I mean, it doesn't mean I necessarily want to go do it all the time. But to, to have that disdain for it, I just found kind of amusing. Yeah. But it was all washed away once they lifted that cup. And wasn't it nice of Basil to, you know, let us lift the cup, I thought? <laughs> it was, I mean, okay, <laughs> let's, let's go through all of the Basils, okay? Basil, <laughs> Basil number one, he decides that at the 20 minutes and 21 second mark of the first quarter. Yes. Which is twenty twenty one? Yeah, he's going to get the whole crowd to stand and applaud for a minute 
as a nod to the people in the eastern states who have been in lockdown for half their lives. Yeah. Which is there, can you think of a more patronising, meaningless, empty, stupid gesture? Well, the thing that bothered me about it, it well, it didn't bother me, but I thought overall the intention is nice in a way, but I felt it was more about Basil putting forward an idea that was kind of he was central to rather than it was it was it didn't feel organic. It felt pretty self-serving. Yeah, and like I know, like I'm a great guy. Yeah, uh, more than and, and and so therefore it became, you know. Um, patronising. If it had maybe come as a groundswell of support from a bunch of people just in WA, it like was a social media movement or something, you might have been a bit like, oh, isn't that nice, you know, but it felt like a bit top down, you know, and yeah. I don't think the people in WA are necessarily like genuinely sitting around going, yeah, I feel sorry for the people in Victoria. <laughs> no, they're not. I'm not even saying that meanly. I just don't think they are. Like they're they're allowed to go to. They have. Do you know they have over there, Lima? I saw some of the footage on um, after the game. Yeah. Do you know they have things called nightclubs and pubs? Have you heard of these things? Hang on, I did see the players <laughs> gathering together. In you might remember indoor. them from the yeah, olden yeah. days. Indoors, right? It's an indoor. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they, so they let you go outdoors, and then they let you go while you're outdoors. They let you then go into another indoors with other people. That's not your own. Is it? Hang on. Is it someone's house? It's not your house. No, no. these are places of business. <laughs> oh, bizarre. There were a few triggering moments, seeing stuff like that, and just realizing. And it hasn't really gotten to me in a way. But the one funny thing is, I, I found it like not being able to be there. Yeah. There was t- what I thought. I, I love the AFL media because they're making fun of the AFL media is is basically my business model, and they, it's it's. I mean, that is a renewable resource. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. One yeah. I love Tom Brown after the game going, guys, this was his insult. Good players, you'll win a premiership. I mean, just amazing. <laughs> but then they all started going. Well, this is it. Could be a dyn. Di- you know, this is a dynasty. They're going to win the next. Oh yeah, and I know some of the D's players said we want to go on and win more. But what else are you going to say? What you do- that's it for us? Thanks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the one thing I feel Melbourne's fans and hopefully the club and the team have a bit of hunger for is, okay, we won the drought breaking one. Can we win one where pe- at home where people can actually yeah. to not and and not being at a game is bad, but it, most people can't get grand final tickets or there's a lot that can't. No, they can't afford to or can't get them. Yeah. But not being able to go out afterwards or yeah. experience you, it with you, people. You want to experience it with your your mates who barrack for the same team, you know. Yeah, you want to go out and be amongst it. And no, I, Is there nothing better in someone who you I've, – I've observed it as a neutral and you've experienced it. I reckon there's nothing I've seen more joyous than after grand final, everyone wandering around the outside of the G on their way to the pubs or home or wherever they're going. Yeah. And just randomly cheering each other. It's just the best. And everyone's going, go, you know. So we've had none of that. So there feels like a bit of unfinished business about that. But, you know, but overall, I mean, it's just absolutely amazing to watch. And to Mm. we can say this now that Danny's gone. I really thought, like, 
we were pretty close to being knocked out. And then there is just no sign of the wave that's coming. It was it was incredible. I mean, you scored from the 16-minute mark of the third quarter 100 points to seven. Yeah. I now, mean... That is, if, if you want to find a comparison to that, you've got to go back to the early days of the Gold Coast Suns. And there's actually not many examples. There's one game and not, against... And not, in a grand, and not in a grand final. Not in a bloody grand final. It's just crazy. And also the Bulldogs are an absolutely fantastic side. Yeah. They're a great coach. Their midfield's phenomenal. So, you know, it's not like you were doing this against, you know... A team Go on, say it. Or Hawthorne. Go on, say it. <laughs> we bloody drew with you recently. You drew with us, you know. So, you know, it's – I did feel like uh, – I did feel a bit – I did feel like it was unfair that um, Collingwood were playing Adam Trelaw to pay, play against us. Uh, Collingwood's <laughs> Collingwood. Oh, <funny>. yeah. <laughs> Collingwood made a good contribution to the grand final. On <laughs> he, uh, he played quite well. So so the basilism number one was the proposal to clap at the 20-minute yes. mark of the first quarter. Secondly. Did that happen? No. I've watched the remote no. 10 times. I've noticed no. it. So. No, it didn't, it didn't happen. I wonder if he did it. That would be something I'd love to know. <laughs> the second thing was the... Uh, not, oh no, the, for the Norm Smith medal, calling up Andrew Embley and then announcing it himself. Right, yes, yes. Like surely Andrew Embley in the past, that's yeah. the person who announces who the winner is. Yeah, yeah. But Embley just stood there and then handed it over. And then the third one was completely missing Simon Goodwin's speech. I know, and the thing about it was it was like because they didn't, in, in, yeah, he kind of went, well, you're not enforcing yourself into this, so I'll just do it where, or move it on, where really that's not an MC's job. An MC's, and you've MC'd things and I've MC'd things. Your job well, is to make sure you do all the things you're being paid yes, to do. Yes. Oh, so was that his excuse well, no, that's just what I assumed oh, right, had happened. Yeah. I mean, you know, because because Goodwin is not he's not the sort of guy that wants to get up and talk all the time, and so he didn't sort of if he just marched over to the mic, Basil yeah. probably would have. But it, there wasn't Basil there going, Simon, come over. Uh, yeah, if, yeah. Were, if if you could come say a few words, which was which any other MC would have done. Yeah, just go right. And so I'm thrilled that he let us lift the cup at all. I mean, we're kind of lucky to get that moment, weren't we? Wouldn't that have been just hilarious? Now that if Basil had done that, I would have gone. Okay, fair enough. You've gone the whole way. This I'm is happy. a great comedic performance I, piece. I have. It's a real chaser bit. You know, <laughs> I have to applaud it now. Uh, so. There was also uh, just on the uh, wonderful moments of Channel Seven and oh, yeah. all that. There's a great bit where Brayshaw takes that diving mark and goes back yes. to kick it, yeah. and BT goes, "Well, he's not setting up well for this. He's, uh, I'm not happy with the way he's like. He's not even looking at the goals." And then Brayshaw, who is notoriously not a great kick either for goal mm-hmm. or in open play. Yeah. Goes back and just drills it. Absolutely <laughs> drills it. Yeah, it was good gear. 
What did you think of the – because these moments require good commentary to really capture that that final siren moment. You want that yeah. to be special in the commentary box. What did you make of – The the thing the, the, the thing I would say is it's it, – I mean, it's everyone – I'm not saying anything people don't notice, right? All through it, Daisy, uh, Daisy Pierce is when you listen back, everything she's saying is really insightful and predictive of what then goes on to happen. Right. Right. So she, you know, she's knows it. And, and the others are just talking over her and adding very little. The best I would say is they weren't too, and it was more they weren't too annoying. That, you know, yeah. they didn't do it. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't amazing, but it wasn't. A train wreck either it was just okay but there yeah. was nothing there's like i'm sitting here now i can't you know there's no bit of commentary i'm sitting here remembering i can't remember a single bit of the things they said yeah, where other yeah. ones you really remember like you know certain things you know the leo yeah. barry you star and you star yeah there's no the moment cometh the man yeah you know what i mean there's those moments yeah. i don't think they'll be pulling anything out of this one and going yeah, and there's Jezalunko, you beauty. And yeah, sort of, yeah. So yeah. yeah, it was, it was okay. I mean, it was fine. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't the end of the world. But it's amazing when you're watching it on the night, though. I, I, I was just a mess. And watching the replay, and you're probably the same with Hawks ones. You're watching the replay, and there's things you just don't even remember happening. Oh yeah, absolutely. You keep you keep noticing things every time. You but but just important bits, I was like, I just kind of remember this moment, like, yeah. and the timings are all wrong in your head. You think it's happening at a certain point, and then it's, uh, you know, it actually will happen within a minute, or it all happened in, you know, there yeah. was a gap. You know, so you sort of, but I mean, that goal by, I mean, watching Petrarca just absolutely, I mean, one of the great grand final performances, surely, and I do love how he's lived under that cloud of, one, his potential, will he ever make it, and two, always sort of living in the shadow of a dusty, like he's a, he's yeah. a dusty light. And, he, and he's a different player to Dusty in a way, but, I mean, they're just both really good players, you know. Like. They're both really good players, and it didn't take long. It might have even been Saturday night. And if it wasn't Saturday night, then it was Sunday. I read or saw something that said, "Is is Petrarca as good as Dusty? You bet he is." And I thought, "Geez, it doesn't take long, does it?" Like not long ago, people were saying Dusty Martin's the greatest player ever. Yeah, putting Lee Matthews and Wayne Carey, and now Petrarca's better. Yeah, you know. and also like you know, I mean, Dusty's won three. Norm Smith, so you don't, you know, like, I mean, yeah. you're just lucky to see these players. I mean, the things that some of them can do, I mean, and the Bonts in that category and Luke Hodge was in standing up in grand finals and, you know, it's... But what I do, uh, Danny McGinley's back, by the way, so let's do Hello, everyone. Last... Uh, just, just an update, uh, uh, beat Newcastle 3-1 on uh, <laughs> FIFA just then. <laughs> hey, 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 good job. Thank, thank you, thank you. You know what I, you know what I love now is that already. So ESPN uh, footy yesterday they had an article of the a ladder predictor for twenty twenty two. Oh, Carl, uh, Carl Lang, Langford's already written the column on it. 
<laughs> he wrote a column with his Brownlow predictions and ladder predictions for 2022. They haven't even had the trade period or the draft. And then, and the other one I love, which you mentioned there, Titus, is uh, the trade starting today. So all these tweets flying about the trade period. Yeah. <laughs> yeah there Was is. it Josh Jenkins they were all talking about going, uh, and I'm just like, really? Imagine you were just um, zeroing in on on this on today. <laughs> so, but, uh, yeah. I yeah. can sort of understand the trade stuff for 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 play for teams who've not made finals. You've you know you've you've had no news about your team for ages, and then you kind of just want to oh cool we can talk about us again. But it is very unfair. Like at least it, it's it amazing. Until Wednesday. Is it? It's amazing though. Like as someone who usually is focused on trade period this time of year, not. <laughs> <laughs> not finals or premierships. It's a, it's amazing how little the majority of for all the talk, how little impact the vast majority of trades actually have. Oh yeah, it, I know, I know. But they, but they'll tell you the newspapers will tell you that their websites. So the sports section of the Herald Sun and the sports section of the Age, uh, and I'm sure this is true for other AFL websites. They get more hits through the trade period. Than at any other point through the year. Well, because you can't. You, you, it's sort of selling hope, isn't it? Yeah, you can yeah, make up absolutely. anything. It's such a free hit for for journos. Well, you can. You can say anything, and this is what a, this is. I mean, I love. I love it all, right? Because it's all just a crazy bit of sport within a sport, you know. Yeah. But what's crazy to me about it is that everyone's making predictions. Prediction. Pretty. I reckon this is going to. I reckon. But we get. All the answers in two weeks. So it's like, well, just yeah. wait. We'll know everything. Well, Bill Burr used to have a thing about the NFL draft about that, saying it's like going to a graduation, but you don't know any of the people. <laughs> and that you can literally get the list the next day in the paper or online. So, like, oh, why yeah. would you sit through it? Why? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, we get all the answers in a couple. I mean, of I mean, it's different when there's a blockbuster trade. You know, like when Judd went to Carlton, or yeah. you know, there's there's certain ones that Bloody are Sydney. Yeah, yeah, there's sort of seismic movements. But I remember when the D's back in our dark days, they we they trumpeted our Moneyball strategy. No, obviously, no one ever writes Moneyball as red Moneyball. And they were trumpeting that we got Shannon Byrne from uh, Geelong, who hadn't even played in their seniors that year. Yeah, yeah. And, and then they trumpeted that he kicked six goals in an intra-club match. And I was like, he's playing against our own defence. Like, yeah. they, they're taking out of that that isn't as amazing. I was taking out of it that... If our defence can have him kick six goals on us, we're in real strife. I <laughs> hope they got against Buddy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, uh, Titus, it has been a, a magnificent weekend. Great to catch up with you. Uh, I'm sure the celebrations will continue. Were you, are you hoping that there will be something at the G? There's been talk of it. That there'll be yeah, a... I'm really hoping for that. And then, like everyone can imagine, I, I want to organise a couple of with various friends and people like go to go to a pub and watch the replay because that one bit like that one bit that's missing is watching it with other people who are just as bonkers as I am and and sort of you know yeah and yeah. and and, it, it, and I don't, you guys have had more time with your premierships but I'm assuming it never gets boring to watch no I, anyway. I can I give you advice Titus 
Um, for the rest of 2016-17, like if Melbourne Victory lost or Celtic, like one of my other teams lost, I yeah. would put it on to kind of cheer me up. But I did that too many times and I started associating it with being angry. So oh, don't right. do that. So I shouldn't use it as a pure pick-me-up. So. Nah, nah, you got to, yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, the thing for Limo is he could just chuck on 71. He can chuck on, yeah. you know, 88. His problem is he's got too many options. It's trying to decide which he one to put on. He can go screen in screen. Although, Titus, <laughs> to be fair, earlier you said that in your lifetime you've witnessed Sydney break the drought, Bulldogs break the drought, Richmond break the drought, and now Melbourne break the drought. But you've also seen... Hawthorne break our seventeen-year drought in two thousand and eight. So, oh, I, and that—that's one of obviously the. Uh, that's probably the big drought, wasn't it? That was. Yeah. No. What, well, that what about what about your drought after two thousand and what was your one two thousand eight? And then we had a drought, a five-year drought till twenty. You had a five-year drought, which I think doesn't get talked about enough. <laughs> <laughs> no, there's a there's a group of players at Hawthorne who call themselves the Seventeen. And it's players who played between 91 and 08 but never played in a premiership. Oh, <laughs> right. That 17-year yeah. period. So if they started after that 91 flag and ended before the 08 flag. Or I can assume I they're say- blacklisted from the club for being losers. But <laughs> I guess say before I go, like that, that's the th- there is a cruelty to football even in, in this where you look at Jake Bowie, he's played seven games including a premiership, and never lost a game. Yeah. Right? He's never never gone off the field and not sung the Melbourne song. And then you've got Nathan Jones, you know, yeah. 300 games, yeah. about a 30% win rate. I mean, that has has anyone had the worst timing of – I really feel for Jones because, yeah, yeah. you know, but it just shows you that, you know, that, but to be at Hawthorne in that time where they're winning lots of premierships and still miss it. And, and still miss it. <laughs> in that, it well, Croft nearly did. Croft just got there. Yeah. Because he was recruited at the end of 91. Oh, wow. He's the captain of the 17s. Yeah. Well, well, Richie Vandenberg, was, I think, is kind of the captain of the 17, and he's now on the board. So we've, we've hung on to that one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, thank God. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there was me feeling depressed. Um, hey, uh, Danny, cheer up. Did Celtic win on the weekend? No, we, we stuffed that up as well. We drew. We dominated possession against Dundee United and, uh, yeah, 1-1. One, one. Uh, so just, yeah, not a not a great weekend. Time for Ange yeah. out. Get Ange well, out Well, the media there. are. Yeah, of course there's idiots online saying that. Yeah. But, uh, our, our two of our best players are injured. I've got a whole bunch of excuses. But uh, as you were saying before, Titus, though, about you, you want to have that thing in the pub watching the game. That's what I need with Bulldogs mates to dissect the loss and just grieve because I've, you know, I'm only here locked in the house with wife and kids who, you know, aren't the best footy chat, uh, really. So I kind of yeah. need that as well. So thanks for thanks for filling in for me. Uh, it was it just there's a bit mental health lesson there, folks. If you can't handle the situation, just remove yourself from it yeah, and your mates will save it. the day. It's uh, it is a good lesson. Uh, so, Titus O'Reilly, thank you. Enjoy the celebrations, and hopefully, we get to uh, share a beer in person one day soon. I can't wait. In one of those uh, pubs or nightclubs I've read about. I know. I'm going to look those up now. The is there a Wikipedia page that describes what they're all about? They've got them in Perth. Just yeah, you know, maybe throwing someone over there. Ring Basil. 
I'll tell you all about him. I'll ring Basil. It's a good He's going to clap for a minute just for us not That's, having a beer. Uh, <laughs> we look forward to that. Uh, thank you very much, Titus O'Reilly. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Don't forget to give us a rating uh, on the podcast. Write a review. That also helps. Yeah. Uh, uh, Danny McGinley, thank you. Thanks, guys. <laughs> Go Hawks. <laughs>